Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Catlin. And welcome to the The How How to to Love Me podcast. Podcast. On this episode, we dive into first dates and kind of when to bring up mental health when you start a relationship. Well, I guess it's more specifically my views since you don't really have a whole lot of experience in it. That is true, but we do have a really good back and forth about it and we really hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening, guys. And welcome to the second episode. Welcome to episode two of How to Love Me. Right. So this is the uh, obviously the podcast where we dive into mental health and relationships. And specifically our relationship. But so this episode, we're going to go into first dates. Yep. So it, it's something that I think has to be brought up because it seems so awkward. <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't really have a whole lot of experience to no, talk to. So as much as I have something to say about first dates and relationships... I don't have a whole lot of first date first date experience as an adult. Mm-hmm. I've had very few girlfriends. You were actually like, okay, so in the back half of my life, I have had three girlfriends. Yeah, you being the third, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, it, well, to me, I'm innocent. You are. Mm-hmm. So anyway. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm obviously, I feel like I have a lot of questions about this. Okay. Because this is something like our first date was a little different because we already knew each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it was a blind date or anything. Yeah. And everything before that for me was small town. I knew everybody who I was dating. I honestly don't think I ever got into a relationship with somebody I didn't know. Yeah. I feel like that's a whole other episode. So let's get into it. Yep. Okay. Let's get into it. Here we go. So cutie. All right. My question to you is. Okay. I'm ready. When do you tell somebody you have mental illness? Okay. So in my opinion, I think it needs to just come naturally, I guess. But I also don't want to tell someone about it that is a complete stranger. Because that is like, it's yes, it's a part of me. And yes, I like to talk openly about it. But I also don't want to, you know, kind of bare my soul to someone that I don't know if I'm going to have a relationship with. But would that, that make sense? Like, and this is where I think the counter argument happens. So if you are going to date me, mm-hmm. you are going to date all of me, which includes yeah. my anxiety and my depression, or at least from your point of view. Definitely. So why wouldn't you? I'm just saying on a first date when I'm, you know, just starting to get to know someone, I want to know more about how they were brought up and, you know, like their likes and dislikes versus what's going on in their head i want to get to know them as a person first before i get to know you know like the the other side of them i guess or the more intimate side so let's just say for instance you were single right now Uh uh-huh you're about to go out on a first date okay would you bring it up i don't think that i would i would want to wait until there was going to be you know like even if i knew that there was going to be a second date i i just don't want to go around bearing that part of who I am to someone that I know that I'm not going to end up having any sort of relationship with. I don't want to go around and tell, you know, a million different strangers, very personal and intimate details about my life until I feel comfortable with them. Okay. That, I mean, I get that. (laughs) I get that. But at the same time, is it no different? So again, like I understand that everyone's going to have a different view on this and I'm literally playing devil's advocate right now. So I'm going to be that (laughs) douchebag. Do it. I'm going to tear it apart. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so if you start a relationship and let's say you're three dates in, it's never come up. Mm -hmm. Have you not started this relationship on a lie? Okay, but that's the thing. If it's three dates in, like I I personally would want to tell someone before that, but I feel like a first date is not the place. Okay, so let's say you've went out with, uh, let's give a name here. What what should this boy's name be? Oh, God, I don't know. Steven? Steven. Steven. Okay, so. So you have a wonderful date with Steven. Uh-huh. So you've done your first date. You guys had mm-hmm. a wonderful time. Let's say you, you had dinner. You yep. went and got ice cream. And you had a long walk in the park. Sounds wonderful. Right? Yeah. You can't wait for your second date with Steven. Mm-hmm. Now, might I point out, Steven does not exist and he is not competition for me. So <laughs> let me make that very clear right now. Wait, to put your foot down. Yeah. <laughs> Steven can just grow off. Steven. Steven. Uh, so. 
you've done this first date and you mm-hmm. opened up. Let's say you talked about childhoods and you talked about, you know, childhood pets and your mother's maiden name and all the banking questions and yeah. he's not oh, here to rob you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those those are important things <laughs> to cover. Banking questions? <laughs> what's your pin? Yeah. No, no. It's like, what's your mother's maiden name? What was your first pet? What town did you grow up in? Um, but let's say, you know, you cover those. I, I actually, yeah. you know, that's part of the learning of somebody, right? True. Um, so if you go through all that and you go on a second date, is it to is would you consider that a bomb to drop? Right? I I don't think that it would be. Okay. And I think thinking of it as a bomb to drop is part of the whole it's part of the problem yeah. of normalizing the stigma, right? It should like it shouldn't be this big huge bomb, but at the same time for me, I would need to make sure that I feel comfortable enough with that person. Right. Right? So like it's not it's not like it's this big huge bomb that's going to disrupt your entire life or your entire relationship it's just like oh hey by the way this is something that i struggle with yeah so okay now that i've kind of torn this apart and made it seem like i'm a douche about this yeah i'm gonna give my two cents on it okay i'm so ready my two cents is you would bring it up like you would an allergy mm-hmm. okay so if you've got allergies let's say i'm a, I'm allergic to peanuts i'm actually not but if no. i was okay yeah okay sure. so if it came to the situation where I had to bring it up because there's a chance that I could ingest peanuts and have an allergic reaction and almost die in front of you. Oh, totally. Which that's technically what an anxiety attack is. I mean, that's one way to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I make that comparison. I think it's something that can be preconceived as being a bad thing. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, hey, my name's Catelyn. This is a blind date. I've got depression. I got PTSD and I've got anxiety. Some nice ADHD. to meet yeah. you. You want to go on another date? Yeah, exactly. So this is me. I'm a fucking psycho. <laughs> <laughs> want to know how I got these scars? Oh, my God. <laughs> So, I mean, and that's my point. It's like, yeah, we've got to make sure that we're, you know, we say it when it has to be said. Like, because my biggest concern in bringing up the fact that, you know, I have mental health issues to somebody Mm -hmm. is that I don't want it to be brought as a like a lie. See, and I don't think that not telling someone right away would be conceived as a lie or perceived as a lie. I would just want to make sure that I'm... 100% 100% comfortable with that person mm-hmm. and telling that person something. Yeah, like okay. But let's say, and Comfort again. Comfort wise, really. Devil's advocate here. Yeah. You and Steven hook up. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Let's say we're still together. Me and Steven hook up. I know it's cheating. This is like a total extreme. Oh, my God. But it's like, you never told me. I'm just me. like shooting daggers right? at you. <laughs> right? So you never told me. Uh-huh. Because it's never got brought up. So that's the thing. Like, do you make a point of bringing it up? Okay, First date goes well. You and Steven are hitting it off. Yep. He just smells like sweet, sweet man. Ooh, he smells like sandalwood. Mm, sandalwood. Ooh, so good. Oh, Steven. Okay. Um, so first date goes well. Yeah. Now you're on the second date. Second yep. date's going perfectly well. Anxiety, depression, never get mm-hmm. brought up. At what point do you say, I have to say this? Well, right. I guess then that's kind of where your point of view comes in. Because, I mean, if it hasn't been brought up within the first couple dates, then, yeah, I guess you would bring it up as it happens. Right. So, like you said, as an allergy. So, as you're starting to feel anxious or as you're, you know, falling into a depression or whatever it, whatever happens to be going on, then that's the time to tell that person. Yeah. Okay. So, what, it's basically when a relationship actually starts. Yeah. Yeah, because once you actually have a personal relationship with that person, once you're actually comfortable with them then I think is when that step follows. So as like a basic rule of thumb, let's just say, not that anyone should ever adhere to the rules we make on this podcast. Exactly. We're just kind of talking out yeah. loud here. So let's say if you were in the situation where sex was on the table, uh-huh. you ha- you should probably talk about it before you have sex. Yes, I would think so. But I mean, that also depends on where someone is morally when it comes to sex. True is that. sex a big deal to that person or are they someone who doesn't really see sex as being that big of a deal and they just go and do it with whoever the fuck they want? Yeah, yeah, true that. You know, it depends on it depends on the person too and okay. who they are morally and what they believe in. Yeah, morally. and that's the thing. Like all of this is going to be completely dependent on the person. Yeah. Which is, you know, makes it a little tough to bring up, bring up but like Definitely. 
for us, like our relationship started with mental health before it was even a relationship. Yeah. So we knew what we were getting into. And this is why I asked the question, like, is it something that you would bring up on a first date? So I'm thinking of the person who <clears throat> has, like myself, who has anxiety, depression, PTSD. Like I've got a laundry list of shit going on in my head mm-hmm. that... It's not something that I can bring somebody just like randomly into. And I'm at the point in my life, like I'm 33 right now. Mm-hmm. If I were out there in the dating world, I don't think I would wait. I honestly think like in the first date, I would try to bring it up. But well, maybe it also depends on where you are in your life, too. True that. Because when you're say you're like, you know, 20, 21 year olds, whatever, and you're just kind of jumping into the dating pool, I feel like that's not something that you're really going to go and tell every single person that you have a first date with. Yeah. So Because, I mean, it depends on how serious you're taking dating too, right? That is true. So I'm going to say if you're taking dating very seriously, I think it should be something that should be brought up within your first three dates. Before sex. Let's just say oh, before sex. Yeah. Unless you're like drunk and it happens and YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just like, I, I'm really curious on the fact that like, okay, we both have this. When mm-hmm. should we bring this up to people? Like if we were yeah. in a dating situation, right? Yeah. Like my stuff is a big problem for a lot of different reasons. And I don't know always when to bring it up. Like for you and me, it's really easy because I can just be like, babe, just to let you know, having a panic attack right now, a little anxiety yeah. spike. I'm just having an off day. I feel gross. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's easy enough for us to talk about because we've kind of built our entire relationship based around our own mental health. Right. So now here's the way I would suggest doing it. So the problem with people with <clears throat> intense anxiety like myself is that mm-hmm. the amount of nerves. So for me, my anxiety, my depression, my PTSD make me plan out every goddamn scenario that they do right so this is where it's a molotov cocktail of just like you can't be normal but i'm good with it don't get me wrong people so let's say you know i've got a blind date coming up and i'm running every scenario through my head and i end up chances are i'm gonna be in like a serious state of panic Mm -hmm. when i go to this first date right well i guess that kind of makes sense yeah and i'm thinking like is it weird for me to sit down on a first date and go, I'm, my name's Catelyn. I'm super excited to meet you, Stevenatta. Stevenatta. Ooh. That, that is a, not, not a, the most beautiful name I've ever heard, but we're going to go with it. You know what? Steven can be, you know, we got to do it. Stefan. Stefan. Stephanie. Stephanie. There we go. Stephanie. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Took that... us a minute, but we got there, guys. Wow. Okay. Thanks so for coming along. I go on this date with Stephanie. Yeah. I am just nervous as all shit. Sweaty yeah. palms. Like, I'm the type of person where if I know, if I, I'll be honest. Yeah. If I fart in an elevator, I'm going to own it. Why? Because. You're that type of person. Well, it's not the fact that I very much enjoy farting. Like, I, I don't. Like, I get embarrassed by it. Yeah. But if I own it and I make a joke, then at least I dis- disarm the situation to the point where I won't be made fun of. Because I'm making fun of myself. Yeah, okay, that's true. Right? You are actually really good at doing that, I am. by the way. Yeah, diffusing the situation, if you will. Yeah. So if I'm in a situation where I have a lot of anxiety and I go, all right, Stephanie, I've just mm-hmm. met you. We're just sitting down for dinner. I think I would start off by saying, man, I've had anxiety about this date for like the last two days, but I am so excited to meet you. Okay, and you know what? That actually sounds really charming. Right? That is that, I mean, I might be a little bit biased, well, it's also but, my gorgeous eyes looking at you and our listeners I know, don't get that effect. I'm also, you know, looking straight into those eyes and yeah, I'm, you know, currently just melting. Hello, Stephanie. Ooh, baby. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Can get me all worked up here. Hi, Stephanie. My name's Steven. Steven. Okay. So. So, I mean, in that instance... It's almost, I guess you're bringing it up, but you're also kind of like making light of the situation too. Right. Now, if I sat down and just said, I've had anxiety for the last two days, like that's kind of cute. That's charming, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if I sat down and said, Stephanie, I got to let you know, I deal with some PTSD, some depression, and a little bit of anxiety, and I have literally ran every scenario of this date through my head, and I'm still very excited to meet you. Still charming, but mm-hmm. I think I crossed the line. Yeah, see, I think that is a little bit too much information to divulge when you're first 
Yeah. When you're first, when you're having that first interaction. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, like the first way that you did it, just being like, oh man, like I am, I have been so anxious over the last couple of days, but like, I'm still so excited to meet you. Yeah. Now like, but- I think that that's a great way of doing it. This is also, a, I think, a perfect way to start a conversation with somebody because, I mean, there's going to be people out there who have mental illness that want to be with people with mental illness so they understand. Yeah. Now, there are people out there that have wonderful relations, relationships with people without. One of our friends, D. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like yeah. her fiance doesn't, but she suffers and their relationship is right is that something that we are certain of i'm not 100 percent sure i'm not 100 percent certain on i'm that. pretty sure i've had this conversation with d i could be wrong okay well i mean we're gonna have them take it with a grain of salt anyways, but we'll call her steve d you're not good at names <laughs> today wow well i'm just that running was... off the whole steven thing right okay i know it's horrible there's only so many names that you can make out of steven i know right so um and if you've got more just hit us up on Instagram or email. <laughs> email us your name suggestions yeah. for Stephen. Yeah, please. totally. Leave it in your review of our podcast yeah. after five stars. Um, <laughs> so moving forward, like, okay. So maybe you want either one. So maybe like the reason I thought of that like cute way of doing it is because like mm-hmm. I'm the type of person where like you and me work really well because we both have mental illness. Yeah, that's true. And we know how to walk that line. Mm-hmm. So... If I go and have that way of bringing up the fact that I have anxiety, I'm really hoping, I'm actually crossing my fingers that you say, man, I've had anxiety about this too. I guess because then that also becomes something relatable. You get that relatable subject. Now you also know something more about that person. You know that, oh yeah, they also deal with anxiety, which potentially opens up that door. Okay. Exactly. I get get where you're coming from. I do understand that We haven't even ordered drinks and we already talked about mental health. See, and that's the thing. There's always a way to talk about it. Now, I might be a little more eloquent with words mm-hmm. than most. So, Well, and I guess it depends on, like I've said before, it depends on the person, depends level of comfort, whatever. Yeah. But but yeah, like that's, that is, that's the big question that I had is like, you know, I can bring it up in the first sentence. I mm-hmm. can do that, but not everybody can. So, yeah. okay, I, you know... My issues are pretty intense and there are other people with bigger issues, you know, like bipolar. That's a big one. Schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. Like these are big issues that people are a little bit more scared of to talk about. Yeah. Because let's say I don't have anxiety. I don't have depression, which are like, in my opinion, the vanilla ice cream of mental illness. Yeah, basically. Right. Everybody has it. Yeah. Let's say I've got some fucking rainbow sherbet and I got some schizophrenia. Yeah. Right. That shit's a rainbow. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> no, no, it really isn't. <laughs> no. Don't don't ever don't uh, quote me on that. Yeah. Wow. I know, right? Yeah. Line. Get controversial here already. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, is that something that you'd bring up? That would probably be way harder. It's like me bringing up PTSD. Yeah, right? okay. That's well, I guess when it's something that's a little bit more intense that also has, you know, like a a bigger stigma attached to it. Yeah. It, then that would be something that'd be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, because anytime I bring up PTSD, the first question I always get asked is, oh, were you in the military? No, I was not. No. And I <clears throat> I had my tragedy, tragedy outside of the military, outside of battle, outside of, you know. Yeah. It was a surprise. So there's that whole thing of I don't want to bring up PTSD on my first date because mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, hey, guess what? I saw somebody die. It yep. messed me up. Exactly. Right. Okay, so then in your opinion, when would be the right time to bring something like that up? Something that's a little bit more of like a like an escalated well, mental health. This is struggle. really tough for me, and this is where it's super awkward for me to walk down this line because I lost it I lost my sister and it gave me PTSD. Mm-hmm. So I guarantee you in the first date, probably in the first twenty minutes, one of the questions are gonna be asked is Do you oh, have a sibling? Yeah, you got family? What's yeah. your family like? Well, I have a mother, father, and my sister passed away. Yeah. You know, and that's always like for me, that's always been like the hardest conversation to like hurdle through because it's like I don't want people to be like, oh, my God, what happened? Are you OK? I just want to be like, that sucks. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like we've had this conversation before where I've asked, what is your preferred response when yeah. someone asks you that question? Like, oh, my goodness, what happened? Yeah. Or like, are you okay? Or like, what what is your preferred response when someone says, well, when you tell someone that you lost your sister? That sucks. 
yeah, that's your preferred response. Yeah, hey? I just, just, just I don't... acknowledge it. Don't ask too much, too many questions and just kind of move on from it. If you want to or... ask questions, that's fine, but do it in the right place. Like you don't do it right there in a crowd. Like when mm. I first met you, but you know what, if we're sitting around and we're just chatting the two of us, hell yeah, bring it up. But first ask me if I'm cool with talking about it. Yep. Because 99% of the time I'm going to be cool with talking about my sister, but that 1% of the time where I'm just like in a shitty ass day, mm-hmm. my depression's kicked up, my anxiety is driving me up the wall and my PTSD kept me up all night. Mm-hmm. That is going to be the time I don't want to talk about oh, it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. That's understandable. Right. I mean, it yeah. kind of makes sense. So, okay. We've talked about a lot of different situations when it comes to first date. Yeah. Um. Now, when it comes to mental illness and, you know, medications and stuff like that, you know, there's a lot more mm-hmm. to it. And it's, it's a different, I think every situation is going to be very different. It depends who you're with. Yeah, it 100% is going to depend on who you are as a person and also who the other person is as a person. Yeah. and I guess that was kind of a stupid way of wording it, but you get the point. Yeah. It's how you are as people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're both very kind, empathetic people, chances are that conversation is going to be way different. Mm Mm-hmm. Than exactly. somebody who, than two people who are closed off and don't want to talk about things. Exactly. It's going to depend on your level of open-mindedness too. Yeah. I think. So there is the other catch-22. Okay. All right. So you're in a position, you know, let's say you're single. Mm-hmm. You're back out on your first date with Steven. Oh, okay. Back to Steven. Wonderful. Back to Steven. You're oh, 29. Okay. Oh, oh okay. So I, I am who you I are am you. right now. You are you. Okay. So I am me and I'm going to meet Steven on this date. Yeah. Got it. Okay. You're on the wrong side of 29. About to turn 30. Ooh. I still love you though. Oh, good. Thank you. I love that you're about to turn 30. Ugh, Play catch up, baby. Terrifying. Um, So you're about to turn 30. This is your first date. Obviously, you're still dating guys. Yeah. Do you bring it up? Because you're at the point now in your life where it's like, mm-hmm. I can't waste time with people. Like, I can't spend the next three weeks going on one date a week with this guy till yeah. I bring this up. And... Uh, okay, it's shitty to say, but father time's a ticking. No, it's it's true. Okay. So I guess for me, so this is this is one thing that's going to be a little bit different for me because like, you know this, but people's energy really, really affects me. So being like being an empath, different people's energy and different people's moods and everything, like I feel it. So I think it would depend on how that person's energy is affecting me so like if i go to meet this steven person on this first date right Mm -hmm. and if i have you know like that warm fuzzy feeling when i meet him then you know what i'm probably going to end up being more likely to be more of an open book okay but if i meet the steven person and he feels really closed off and just really cold and this it's just not meshing Mm -hmm. then i'm not going to be that i'm going to feel like i'm not comfortable enough to be able to tell this person yeah Okay, that makes sense. See, and I like that we're running multiple scenarios here. Yeah. I really do. I really hope people are enjoying that too. So, okay, I've got another option then. Okay. Steven. Yeah. You guys have a wonderful first date. Yeah. At the end of the date, you're out for a walk. You've Mm -hmm. already finished your ice cream cones. Ooh, okay. You're walking through the park. Yeah. And you go, I got to tell you something. Mm Mm-hmm. I deal with some mental illness. Yeah. So let's say you guys have that bit of a conversation and Stephen doesn't talk to you for a week. He ghosts you for a week. Ooh, interesting. Right? That's an interesting turn of events. Okay. So what do you do? Do you try to explain? So let's say he agrees to go on a second date, but he's different. He's quiet. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he's not the same Stephen you had the first date with. Okay, you so know, you feel a little bit more of that judgment. Yeah, you know for a fact that this guy has debated the fact that you have depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know if he wants any of that. Yeah. He's debating if he can handle that or not. Right. So you're in this situation. And like my view on this whole thing is I think you have to have more than a more of a conversation than I have anxiety. Oh, totally. You need to kind of explain what your anxiety feels like. Like, I feel like you need to kind of draw that person a picture almost to really help them understand how it feels or what you go through so that they can understand the severity i guess of it now i don't know the percentage but i'm gonna say there's probably about 60 percent of the world that doesn't know shit about mental illness i think it's that high i think it's that high i was one of those people 
I guess. But right? I mean, that was also at a different time, too. True. But at the same time, it's like anxiety. Still, a lot of people just don't feel like anxiety is a real thing. I guess. I right? guess. Yeah. They just see it as stress. They see it as panic. But that's also because they deal with it and they didn't associate it as anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that, that might be a high statistic. We'll confirm that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. One day. At some point, we'll look Maybe this we'll up. Maybe we'll Google it after this. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. Is it now your job to educate this person who you had a great date with, you had a great relationship with, he's hesitant on dating you now? Mm-hmm. Is he now my view on it is I, I, I'm obviously about the betterment of the world. Yeah. So I'm gonna actually try to sit down with uh Stephanie in my case. Oh yes, of course. And and just say, like, look, we don't have to date, but I just wanna explain what mental health and mental illness is. Yeah, I mean I think I would agree with you on that. That would be kind of it's a great teaching moment, and I think you'd be kind of silly not to take advantage of that. If that's something that you're comfortable with, of course, though, too. And that you can take it the right way. If you're going to call yeah. Stephen or Stephanie and just be a total biatch to them, yeah. don't waste your time. Because then they're going to think everyone with mental health is crazy. Exactly. You have to go about it in a very strategic way, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though, too, is you shouldn't have to go about it in a strategic way. Right. But I guess in these times and you know when there's people that don't still have the education and stuff behind it then yeah now yeah. let's say for instance now i even though i've classified it as a vanilla mental illness you know anxiety depression that you have yeah let's say you meet steven mm-hmm. steven deals with ptsd schizophrenia depression ocd um all of the big ones okay suicidal tendencies all this mm-hmm. is that too much for you to handle You know what? That, that's a really interesting question. Right? I think it would depend on how they are with their meds. Yeah. I think if they have... So if you said bipolar bipolar or schizophrenia? Let's say both. It can oh, happen. Okay. Well, yeah, it can happen. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I think it would completely depend on if they have their meds leveled and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If they have... If they have all of their mental health shit figured out and if they're stable, I don't see why not. I don't see an issue with that. So here's my question to you then. And mm-hmm. I'm, again, devil's advocate here. Of course, yeah. Now I'm going to take Steven out of the equation completely. Yeah. And I'm going to put me there. Yeah. I deal with PTSD, depression, yeah. OCD, mm-hmm. ADHD, anxiety. I've got a Molotov cocktail in my head. Yeah. And it's only waiting for a spark. So mm-hmm. how did you feel about that? Honestly, the fact that you are just so level-headed, it didn't scare me. Okay. At all. Because I have a really good... I I can tell if people are good people or not. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just... It's just something that I'm just able to do. I can feel it. And okay. that's one thing that I've always just been able to feel with you is that you're just deep down a good person and that's something that I don't really have to worry about. Okay. Now, I'm not... One thing I will say, and I'm not an advocate to like lean in on that because you have been wrong before. Yeah. So, you know, there is there is a catch-22 to that. Of course. Um, But yeah, like... And, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not super... I don't have meds. I yeah. don't... I'm not a person who likes to take meds. Mm-hmm. I do the natural pathway. Yeah. So... Yeah, you're more likely to go holistic medicine versus 100 percent. yeah like medicinal marijuana in my opinion is phenomenal yeah i know i, I will say i'm an advocate for it oh 100 you are but uh, my view on it is i hate processed drugs i kind of grew up in a household where we never did you know we never went to the doctor like except for antibiotics mm-hmm. that was the only real medicine that we would take uh even after the accident like we all got prescribed ativan just to help us sleep mm-hmm. through it i was the only one that took it Really? Well. And I took it once and then I hated it and never wanted to take it again. Yeah. Because I hated what it did to me. Yeah. So, and that's that's where like I'm a naturopath. So I'm not on, like my medication isn't technically correct, mm-hmm. but it is for me. Yeah. And that's the thing is finding what works out well for you. So when you ask that question of, you know, like, would that matter to me? I still don't think that it would because I, I know that you're a stable enough person. But, you know, if I if I was to meet this, you know, Steven person or whatever, they tell me that they have all this stuff going on. And if it's very noticeable that they're not dealing with their mental health in a healthy way or that they haven't gotten to that portion yet, 
I might be willing to help them, but I don't know if I'm going to get into a relationship with that person. Yeah. I'll do what I can to help them and I'll do what I can to help educate them, whatever, but I'm not going to get into a relationship with that person right away. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. So, okay. You're now, like, if your relationship got three dates in Uh and you hadn't had the conversation yet. Yeah. Obviously, that would be the time where you would want to, you would think. I mean, depending on the relationship, I, I guess this is all like if you This is all hypothetical, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my big, the big question that I have then, mm-hmm. and, and this is kind of um, the, the line in the sand, more or less. Where do you draw the line? With telling someone? With telling somebody. I also want to know, is there a mental health situation that you would not date? That's right. Ooh, someone that I wouldn't date. Is there a situation, like what would be, I I had a first date with somebody with mental health and I am never, and it has nothing to do with how they are as people. Yeah. Is there a situation where you would say, that's too much for me to handle? Um, You know what? Honestly, for me, yes. Oh, okay. For me, it would be alcoholism. Okay. Yeah. With you know, that being addiction or whatever, but that more stems from the fact that like my biological dad is an alcoholic. Yeah. So that's more so me seeing a pattern of something that happened, you know, like in my parents' past and not wanting to have to go down the same path that my mom went down. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. So, um, besides addiction now, that's just like just one for you. Other than that, other than that, honestly, I don't really think that there is. And see, and this is why I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. So the only thing that you weren't comfortable with is addiction just because of previous experience. Yeah. When it came to mental health, because you have experience with mental health and you mm-hmm. have a really good understanding about it, nothing scares you off. Yeah, I'm open to whatever because honestly, it's just, it should just be like another physical ailment. If you're going to go out and if you, you know, break your leg or whatever... People are going to have sympathy for you. But if you tell someone that you have depression or PTSD or whatever, then you're judged for it. So right. it, it just doesn't make sense to me that people would have that preconceived notion and just not date someone just because they struggle with their mental health. And that's the point. I mean, there's people with allergies to the sun where they literally break out in a rash when they walk out in the sun. Yeah. That is the equivalent to having anxiety, in my opinion, because... You're, no matter where you are, yeah. the sun's everywhere, but so is anxiety. It always lives with Ooh, you. Ooh, that's an interesting right? one. Okay. Right? So because anxiety is always with you, this is that one mm-hmm. thing that no matter what, like I could date somebody that was allergic to the sun. I think I'd have a really hard time with it. Well, especially being such an outdoorsman too. Right? I like think that, you would super struggle with that. Yeah. Like but. I'd hate to see, you know, my wife in a burka out in the middle of the lake fishing because she can't see, can't touch sunlight. Yeah. That'd be tough for me. Yeah. And could be a deal breaker, mm-hmm. but anxiety wouldn't be. And it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's where I say, like, I don't think these things are a problem. They, they're they not. They're something that everyone can live with and people can live lives. Like we have friends that, yeah, they have mental illness. Their partners don't. We're mm-hmm. one of those couples that are, I have an extreme case of mental illness mm-hmm. and you have the vanilla ice cream sundae. See, that's the thing is, yes, I do have, you know, as we have called it, the vanilla ice cream sundae, but like I do have more of a severe depression. Yes. Now, and the only reason I bring that up is because like anxiety and depression are the two most talked about mental illnesses. Oh, yeah, because they're they're everywhere. I feel like they're a little bit easier to talk about versus, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar, PTSD, whatever else, anorexia. There's something easier to handle like vanilla ice cream. Yep. Haha. And we circle back to ice cream. <laughs> Everything <laughs> relates back to ice cream. Well, what can I say? I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> so taking off from there, yeah. I, I honestly don't think that there's anything. I don't think mental illness needs to be a scary thing for somebody who doesn't have it. Yeah. So if I was in the situation where I didn't have mental illness mm-hmm. and I went on a date with you and let's say you had the gauntlet of what I have. Okay. Yeah. I think what I would want to do is actually research it because... And you know what? That is actually what I did. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember if I've told you this or not. No, this is a whole new story. But this so, doesn't happen often, people. So Grab when your we, popcorn, get ready for this. <laughs> so when we first started dating... Okay. And, you know, obviously I knew, you know, I knew what had happened with the accident. Well, bits and pieces of what had happened with the accident. I knew that you struggled with, you know, PTSD, anxiety, depression, blah, blah, blah. So, like, 
me dealing with anxiety and depression, I already kind of had a rough idea of, you know, what that can look like. Yeah. PTSD, though, I've only ever known, you know, my friend's ex-husband that's had it. And that was a really severe case where he didn't know how to deal with it. He couldn't deal with it, whatever. Okay. So automatically, when it came to the PTSD, I wanted to do the research. Oh. I wanted to know what the triggers could look like, what I should, what I could be doing in order to help you. Okay, so this is perfect. Oh, man. I, we just got a whole new line of questioning. Ooh, okay. Okay, so you went in there. Obviously, you saw the extremes of PTSD. Yeah. And yeah. I'll be honest, they are extreme. Very. I haven't had extreme cases of my PTSD for a few years now. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a much better place. But did the extremes scare you off? Well, I mean, I'm still here, so obviously they didn't scare me no. off. They were did, they intimidating to you? They were intimidating, but it's also something that I knew that... I, I could at least try to handle it. Okay. You know, I at least wanted to make the conscious effort to get the education behind it and to, you know, I, I want to actually try it. I want to see if this is something that I can do, if I'm strong enough to be able to handle this. Okay. So when you first started researching, what was the scariest thing that you found? Um, ooh, that's a tough question because I haven't looked at this for a bit now, but... I think the scariest one that I found was, I guess that more has to do with veterans, Mm -hmm. but you know, well, I guess it, I guess not even with veterans, but you know, like the flashbacks and stuff is what scared me the most. And like, if you're having, you know, like a flashback or whatever, like a nightmare or something, how do I safely bring you out of that nightmare in a way that you're also not going to lash out and think that, you know, like what is happening in real life is a part of your nightmare. So, I mean, a lot of that stems from embarrassment too. Mm-hmm. Um, if I do wake up from a night terror and I realize that I was screaming in my sleep, it has more to do with, for me, more to do with embarrassment than anything. Yeah. Like I'm embarrassed that that happened. So it's more like awkwardness due to that than like me actually being still in it. Yeah. But that is a very interesting point. So like, mm-hmm. what did you find? Did you find any more on that? Well, and that's the thing is, I'm pretty sure that that's actually when I asked you, because we've had this conversation before about, you know, like the severity of your PTSD. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing that we talked about where I asked you if you still had, you know, like the night terrors and stuff. And you said that it wasn't really an issue anymore. Yeah. So knowing that once I learned kind of what symptoms you still struggled with, Mm -hmm. that was the stuff that I more so wanted to worry about versus the potential. How far into dating were we? Not very far in. Like start. Yeah, it was right within it. within like the first month. Oh shit. For sure. Okay. Yeah. See, and that's what I kind of would figure that you would do that early. Now, honestly, mm-hmm. for me, I did no research into it because yeah. I also didn't know your story. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Well, the, I mean, you're still learning. I am still learning. I mean, I'm more of an open book. And yeah, I've got walls on walls on walls. You do, and we've been breaking them down quite a bit. Yeah. Which has been phenomenal, but mm-hmm. like, I didn't do any research. I just kind of knew like. You've got the vanilla ice cream. I can handle vanilla ice cream every day if I had to. Yeah, totally. So I'm in. Yeah. Like, this is good. And not only that, I knew that for somebody who has anxiety, it's easier for me to explain. Yeah, exactly. It's it's relatable. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do I explain an anxiety attack to somebody who doesn't have them? Mm -hmm. It feels like something's sitting on my chest. It feels like there's a bomb strapped to my chest. Yeah. With a timer that's going to blow up, and I don't know when it is. Yeah, oh, that is a really good analogy. Yeah, so like for an anxiety attack, basically it feels like there's a bomb on my chest. Mm-hmm. It's beeping like it's about to explode, but it's been beeping for the last minute. And I don't know when it's going to explode. Yeah, you just can't quite see the timer. Exactly, so you know you're going to die, that you just don't know yeah, when. Yeah, you just don't know when. So that's what an anxiety attack is like, in my opinion. Yeah, see, and that's that's for you. For me... It's, um, I still get that heaviness. Mm -hmm. I still have, you know, that super, super heavy weight on my chest, but it's more so like my entire body tenses up Mm. and I feel like I can't breathe. I'm hyperventilating and it, to me, literally feels like I am going to die. Yeah. It feels like I am mid death and I can't do anything about it. All I can do is just curl into a ball and just try to protect myself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's a big part of it. So the fact that we both had anxiety relating that to our first date, like it, it was yeah. obviously way easier for us. Yeah. And easier to move on. But like, yeah, I, you can't be afraid to talk about it. No. And that's the thing is because we had these conversations so early on, I think that's kind of what made it 
easier for us. So another thing that I did is I practiced me talking about it. So Mm -hmm. for me, you know, the fact that I have, okay, I have practiced this hundreds of times Mm -hmm. because between this podcast and the Mental Wealth Project, I've had to bring it up and talk about it a lot more. That's true. So the fact that I suffer from PTSD, depression, anxiety, OCD, and ADHD, I've Mm -hmm. practiced saying that because I've got five things and typically I forget one. No, that's true. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I usually do. So I've... I normally have to pitch in with the last one. Yeah. So the biggest thing... people when you're talking about your you're going to be anxious about talking about your anxiety yeah practice it practice it that that is really really good thing to mention yeah because that's one thing that so like with the mental wealth project when we were doing kind of like our little intro video type things i practiced saying i have anxiety depression and ocd Mm -hmm. multiple times before i wanted to say it yep and I made sure that I, I actually arranged it in an order that sounded more eloquent too, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. which is just, yeah, OCD of yeah. me to, yeah. Very. But I mean, that's a big part of it. Pretend like you're sitting there and you need to explain what you have. Yeah. And explain it to yourself. Mm-hmm. If, if you can say it comfortably enough to yourself, then, then you, you can explain it to somebody else. Exactly. I love that. Right? Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that I do, but I'm a, I'm a bit of a... Man, like that's that's something that I do, but I run scenarios through my head. Yeah. So it's not like I'm sitting in front of a mirror talking to myself. I'm really just running the scenario through my head a hundred times mm-hmm. and thinking how they can respond to each word that I say. Yep. Which is a little bit more crazy than usual, but. Well, I mean, when it comes to kind of expressing yourself and talking about your mental health, though, I feel like that's that's something that I do, too. Yeah. I run every single scenario through my mind when I'm you know thinking of telling someone about it yeah and it's very important to do that yeah right scary but it is. I mean the more comfortable you come with it yourself then the more comfortable it's going to be to talk about it yeah I mean and that's that's the biggest part that's why we're doing this is exactly just start the conversation here's exactly. what we do you can either take from it and hopefully it'll help maybe it won't but we're doing it anyway yep because Kelly's doing it for the right reasons like I said in the first episode I'm vain well, <laughs> I mean, you, you got a little bit of an ego, but you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, we want to just try to help. Exactly. Because That's like, all we're trying to do. We just want to be able to help people. Mental health. I mean, and this is this is a big part of it is it's so weird to talk about and we got to get over that. Exactly. It shouldn't be weird to talk about. No. We should be able to just talk about it like we talk about the common cold. Or an allergy. Because yeah. when I, when I walk COVID. into a room. Yeah. Like, so I'm born with an allergy. Mm-hmm. It's something I develop over time. So when I come up and I'm like, yeah, I'm allergic to peanuts. Yeah. It's no different than saying, yeah, I've got anxiety. Yeah. Or like, hey, uh, schizophrenia runs in my family. Yeah. You know, like it shouldn't be any different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I come from a long line of addicts. Yeah. Like the one thing that I love about addicts is that they are never afraid to talk about being addicts. That's true. And that is something that is very admirable. Oh, yeah. So I listened to The Armchair Expert. We both do. Yeah. By Dax Shepard. Yeah. Beautiful man. I named my dog after him. Yeah, you sure did. I really did. I love that. Seriously. So um, (laughs) he taught, no matter what, he always talks about being an addict. And anytime he has somebody who's been an addict, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing they say. Well, as addicts. Yeah. As people that suffer with mental health, we have to have that same kind of courage. We do. We need to have that same sort of confidence in ourselves and in our stories, too, to be able to talk about it openly. Yeah, that big dick energy yeah, of mental exactly illness. Yeah, that's exactly what you need. You need to have that big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and that's what I, like, by di- by that, I mean, you got to have that confidence in it. Yeah. Because there's nothing more beautiful than an addict talking about being an addict, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Talking because, openly about it. Yeah. yeah. They, they are rude about it. To themselves. Well, and they're just, they're raw about it. Yeah. They're not afraid to tell people all of their downfalls and everything because it's a part of who they are and it's a part of how they became the person that they are. Now, I'll say that with a grain of salt because they've been going through meetings, they mm-hmm. have support groups, and they have people to lean on. Oh, definitely. So it might not always be the same for people with mental health issues, but the big thing is, is that we're all in it together. Exactly. As the Mental Wealth Project says, yeah, we are in this together. We are in this together. And the whole world says it now. Thank yeah. you, COVID. Yeah, seriously. Way to unify us. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, and that's the biggest part is that it isn't something scary. Mm-hmm. It's something that needs to be talked about more. Exactly. And don't be afraid of it. Yeah. If 
you know what? If anything, learn to embrace it. Yeah. That's what, well, preaching what I'm trying to do. You're right. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that you need to walk down the streets with a big sign that says, I have anxiety and depression. Yeah. But yes, it's going to affect you. And don't Mm -hmm. be afraid that it's affecting you. Exactly. Have a little confidence in it. Oh, shit. That's just my anxiety. Son of a bitch. Damn it, anxiety. Give it a name. Yeah. Call it Steven. Steven. Steven, would you just settle down right now? Stephanie. Stephanie, I swear to God, I'm going to have a BF. (laughs) I'm going to have a bitch fest. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to call. (laughs) You know what? No, I'm going to write a strongly worded letter. Whoa, Karen, (laughs) calm down. So I think that's that's the point, guys. Yeah. You've got to be able to Just be talk able to about talk it. about it. Right? Don't be afraid of it. Anxiety gives us enough fear. Mental illness gives us enough fear in our lives. Exactly. We can't let it run our lives any more than we already have. Exactly. Just just try not to be afraid of it. Be strong. Yeah. You and got this. Yeah. We we got this. We're we're all we're all gonna be in this together. Exactly. Man, it's such a good catchphrase. Like It really is. I, I want to point out that we've been part of the Mental Wealth Project for about seven months. Mm. Like, basically since kickoff. Eight months, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere around there. And now we cannot say we are in this together without grinning. I know. We just always get these big, <laughs> stupid grins on our face, and I feel like such an idiot afterwards. Right? So because this is episode two, in the first episode we talked about ourselves, there are segments that we want to continue on throughout these episodes. Yes, we do. So we're not going to bring up all of our segments, but some of them we will bring up. Uh-huh. And uh, I've got one of them for um, kids these days. Oh, okay. I'm ready. So kids, kids these days. these days. On the first date. Yeah. I hate the fact that... If I was, okay, let's say I was 20 now yep. and I'm going out with Stephanie. Mm-hmm. I'm actually that afraid bitch. that, yeah, if I actually brought up my mental health, she would put it on her socials and now it's out for the world. Ooh, okay. Kids, be safe with your socials. It is a dangerous place out there and some people don't want their shit being out there. Ah, that's, that's a good point. And yeah. it actually, it, it irks me that that's a fear of mine. Like, I'm actually afraid that, you know, that could come out. Not that I'm afraid about sharing it, because obviously we have this podcast. We have this platform. I'm talking about it. Yeah. But if I wasn't as open as I am right now, mm-hmm. that would scare the ever-living shit out of me to tell a stranger. Yeah. See, and that's exactly the point that I was trying to get at in the very beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Is, yes, I talk openly about my mental health, but I'm not going to talk as openly about it with a complete stranger. Right. Totally. Yeah. So we have a couple other segments. Yep. I don't know if you can cover any of them, but I got one more. Ooh, okay. No, hit me. Hit you? Hit me. All right. So one of the segments that we're going to go over, oh God. hopefully on every episode, if uh-huh. we have one, is yeah. how you triggered me. Oh, I knew that this was going to be it. How, so, how did I trigger you this week? It's not even this week. Oh it's God. literally just getting ready for this podcast. <laughs> I knew it. Yes. I had a perfect one. And I'm like, holy <sighs> shit, I need to bring this shit up. Yeah. So. We talked, it's it's Sunday morning, we had our coffee, we've been up for almost four hours oh now. Oh my God. And uh, I'm like, all right, so let's get ready to podcast, let's do it. So I mm-hmm. come up here, I get everything set up, everything hooked up, we're ready to rock. Yeah. We do our sound checks, everything's sounding great. And Kelly goes, oh, wait, one more one more thing. I'm like, okay, so she probably has to pee, that makes sense. Yeah. No, she's going to go brush her teeth. I want to go brush my teeth. Kay. And I'm like, okay, but-, but could you have not done that before we were like, before you were sat down, ready, like we grabbed everything, phones not disturbed. Yeah, I could have. Yeah. I could have. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that that's on me. It was a light trigger. Don't I get me wrong. I feel like that was also me being like, okay, this is me taking a minute to just kind of like mentally prepare. Okay, well, that's cool. So maybe yeah. I triggered you and just being that douchebag. Mind you, I was actually really nice about it. You were. You were, you were way nicer this time than you've been in the past where you're just, uh, I'm just annoying the shit out of you. Right. Yeah. So, okay. There's another segment and this one we are 100% going to do every yeah. episode, at least one of us. At least. So because I led on these, I'm going to close mm-hmm. it out with the why I love you. Ooh, okay. Because there's lots of reasons why I love you, mm-hmm. but I want to point out every episode, one thing, or at least one of us should. Because despite the fact that we, you know. Oh, I've got a why I love you. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you? I do. do I, you take the lead. I've been talking okay. way too much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So my why I love you this week is I love how patient you are. Mm. You are hands down one of the most 
patient people I think I've ever met. And I am a not very patient person. (laughs) So, and I know that I can be very aggravating and very annoying. Yep. So I super appreciate the fact that you are just incredibly patient. I think we're actually using the same one. What? Yeah. So I know what you're talking about, patience. So I was trying to teach you how to do something. Yeah. And I pointed out all the things that you did wrong, not a damn thing that you did right. Yeah. Which is really frustrating for me. And you like lost it on me. Yeah. And then we basically like, all right, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to work. Whatever. We'll talk later. Yeah. And it was like not the best way to end the conversation. No. And that's not something that we really do that often. But you know what you did? 45 minutes later, you called me and said, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like you realized that you were the one being short. I was just trying to help. Yeah. But because I was at work, I wasn't helping in the best way possible. You weren't helping in the way that you would normally help. I wasn't as calm and collected because I was at work doing multitasking. Exactly. I was multitasking. Exactly. So. I mean, really, in my mind, what I should have done is just realize that you're trying to help me and just appreciated the fact that you were helping me even though you were at work. Yeah, but that's Instead fine. of jumping down your throat. That's fine but it happens but you know what you called you apologize and honestly as soon as we hung up i knew that like okay i get it like she's not actually mad at me but mm-hmm. you still called you apologize and i was like holy shit like that wasn't necessary but i love the fact that you did that well and that's one thing that i feel like i'm always going to at least try to do if i get mad at someone and i know that i'm being irrational i will i'll tell you that i'm being irrational I'll be honest and just, I'll I'll own my shit. Yeah, you say that now. Let's give I, it a few more years. I try to own my shit. So anyways. anyway, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I'm sure Kelly does too. Yeah. So another thing that we want to bring up, if we didn't cover your scenario of your first date. Let us know. Hit us up. You can get us at how, the number two, love me podcast. You can get us on Instagram and you can hit us up at Gmail. Use the how to love me podcast at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. Yep. And DM us. Yeah, exact same. How to love me podcast the number on two. Instagram. Yes, with the number two. Because there's two of us. And yeah. we're going to pretend like that's what we did, but really yep. it was the only one that we was totally. It was, it was the only option. No, we thought that out. JK, we didn't. <laughs> so I hope that you guys gained something from this. Actually, you know what? I know you guys gained something from this. Yeah. Even if it's just like, holy shit, that couple is batshit crazy. Yeah, then you know what? You learned that we're batshit crazy. Exactly. Awesome. Maybe maybe we're more entertaining to you, and maybe you'll just want to listen to the next one even more. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, use positive terms. So, yes, that is exactly 100% what happened. I'm yeah. not going to say I'm hopeful of it. That is just what happened. Well, anyway, guys, I hope that you guys gained something from this. <laughs> and I hope Kelly can compose herself to close out this episode. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Talk soon.